Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBrief podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBrief, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer, Enrique Diaz-Alvarez, and Market Analyst, Roman Zuruk. Hello and welcome to our latest episode of FX Talk and you join us in the middle of a rather hectic few days in the foreign exchange market filled with a, a number of important economic data releases and central bank announcements. The European Central Bank unveiled its latest policies decision on Thursday. The bank held interest rates unchanged, although it did indicate that the first hike in more than a decade is on the way in July. Markets will also have one eye on next week's FOMC meeting, the Fed is expected to raise rates by another 50 basis points and signal that more hikes are coming at upcoming meetings. This will then be followed by the Bank of England's latest policy decision on Thursday, with policymakers in the UK also expected to vote in favour of another interest rate increase, which would be the fifth in as many meetings. Uh, but we're going to focus first on Thursday's ECB announcement, which delivered a long-awaited hawkish pivot. In the bank statement, it explicitly said they would raise interest rates by 25 basis points at its July meeting and then follow this up with another one in September. The Governing Council didn't provide a clear indication as to the magnitude of the September move, although its communications did indicate that a larger hike may be appropriate. Uh, the reaction in the euro was quite an interesting one. It initially fell as slim hopes of a 50 basis point hike in July were quashed although it did recover briefly on hopes of a larger move in September. Uh, that said, another rather unconvincing showing from President Lagarde, particularly her response to uh, fragmentation within European bond markets, triggered another bout of euro weakness, and the common currency ended the press conference lower against its peers. Uh, but what do you guys both think? What are your thoughts following Thursday's ECB announcement? Uh, I mean... Uh... I think that what we've seen, the reaction, especially in peripheral bonds, Spain, Italy, Greece, Portugal, after the, the meeting, is that we may be adding a second problem to the ECB list of uh, problems. Because I don't think, I don't know if they can, unlike other central banks, like the Federal Reserve, uh, they're going to have to worry about the inflation at the same time as they worry about uh, peripheral spreads. Uh, Lagarde was repeatedly questioned on what were the specific plans to to intervene in the market, to to keep the spreads from blowing out, and and guarantee access to uh, to to uh, borrowing markets to the peripheral countries. Uh, she she tried to hedge and punt, and it didn't it didn't work. Um, the problem is that the, those two problems work in, in the in the, the solutions to each one of those two problems, inflation and peripheral spreads are to some extent mutually exclusive, right? Uh, intervening in markets to close the spreads uh, is, makes it more difficult to fight inflation. So I think that we're going to have, this is going to be an interesting conundrum. Yeah, I think that uh, today's messaging was quite interesting because we, we had a very precise information on what the ECB is going to do about interest rates. 
at the same time, Lagarde uh, and the communication were very vague uh, on what they are going to do about the uh, fragmentation risk. And the reaction of the uh, FX market and overall markets, uh, I think, uh, is a response to that. Because the, on one hand, the market viewed um, today's messaging as hawkish. Uh, we basically got a confirmation that although the start rate, rate increases will be uh, small, uh, 25 basis point. Uh, the um, meeting after that, uh, we are uh, most likely going to get a 50 basis point increase. So this uh, uh, has brought the market expectations for hikes uh, upwards. So the market is starting uh, to price approximately 145 uh, basis points before the end of the year. It's somewhat higher than it was um, before the meeting. There's a, a few basis point difference. So theoretically, it should support the euro, but it didn't because the markets are worried about the fragmentation risk. We saw the uh, peripheral bonds uh, blow up significantly. Looking at Italy, the increase in bond yields uh, in response to the ECB was approximately 25 basis point. This is a very significant move historically. So the market certainly did not like the lack of clear messaging on the ECB's response to that. Uh, and uh, generally, although it certainly wasn't Lagarde's worst conference, I remember it was a time in, I think, 2020 when she suggested that the ECB is not here to close the spreads. Mm, and then we saw a significant uh, blow up. Uh, I think that uh, still uh, the market was left underwhelmed without a clear messaging on, on the fragmentation risks. Yeah, I, mean, I, do, I do very much agree with that. I, mean, I think if we look at the statement, the statement was a, a very clear one. And actually, I think perhaps it's one of the most unambiguous statements that we've had from the ECB in some time, perhaps ever, you know, to explicitly say, uh, that they pretty much intend to, to hike uh, at the next meeting and explicitly say that it'll be up 25 basis points. Uh, it's highly unusual, particularly for the ECB, which is a long tradition of being pretty cautious. Um, I also think they've made it pretty clear that a 50 basis point hike is coming in September again, which is probably more explicit um, than, than the market expected. I think perhaps the only way that they don't hike by 50 basis points in, in September now is if inflation sort of materially surprises to the downside between now and then. But uh, if recent data is to go by, that's probably very unlikely, particularly if we look at, say, the inflation surprise index in the Eurozone, for instance, which uh, measures actual inflation relative to, to forecasts for inflation, that still remains sky high. So I, I can't see um, how a material downside in inflation could be on the way. Um, so 25 basis points, I think we can all be in agreement uh, is very much on the way at the next meeting in July with another one of 50 basis points in September. But as you guys have both been mentioning, the problem for the euro and certainly the reaction in the euro following the meeting has a lot more to do with uh, the ECB's credibility, you know, there's a confidence in the markets uh, surrounding the ECB's view on inflation and its ability to, to rein in inflation and indeed, calm movements in European bond markets. And as you said, Roman, there was a, we've seen a bit of a blowout, a bit of a, a widening in the spreads, particularly with the likes of, of Italy's bonds uh, with, with Germany. So, you know, I, I agree with you guys. I think it probably presents the biggest risk for the euro rather than any actual interest rate policy. 
Yeah, in the short term, definitely. Uh, but also, it's quite interesting what will the um, how high the race will go, and what is the terminal rate for the ECB. And I think, uh, looking at the commentaries from different economists, speaking to some, um, there isn't a broad agreement on that. And I think it will be interesting to see uh, where will we land with rates. In Poland, we had an interesting example because uh, when uh, we started, uh, when the National Bank of Poland started raising rates, we anchored our expectations at something like uh, 1.5%. So the rates before the pandemic, then we thought maybe 3%. And today rates were raised to 6%. So it's interesting to see how high the ECB will go with rates. And looking at the euro's longer term prospects, I think this will uh, most likely be uh, more important um, than this fragmentation risk. Yes, very early days on that, but that will certainly be uh, a main sort of topic of, uh, of discussion at upcoming ECB meetings for sure. Okay, we're going to move on now and focus on next Wednesday's Federal Reserve meeting and its potential implications for the US dollar. Uh, as mentioned, investors were are overwhelmingly expecting the Fed uh, to announce another 50 basis point interest rate next week. Um, of course, following the, the continued surprise to the upside in US inflation data and some hawkish comments from FOMC members. Fed fund futures are also now fully pricing in a 50 basis point hike in June and indeed at the July meeting with a, a very high probability of another one in September. Uh, with, with a half a percentage point hike fully priced in for next week's meeting, attentions will probably largely be on the bank's accompanying communications, notably its view on US growth, inflation and future policy moves. I think it's safe to say that uh, perhaps uh, we're not expecting any real surprises from Powell's communications, but uh, as always, markets will be paying very close attention to the bank's updated macroeconomic and interest rate projections. These forecasts, uh, which are unveiled uh, every other FOMC meeting, tend to create a great deal of uncertainty in markets, particularly the highly anticipated dot plot, which shows where each member of the committee expects rates to be at the end of each year. Um, this is almost certain to be revised sharply higher from the March projections, which showed a median dot of between 1.75 and 2% by the end of this year, just one percentage point above current levels. I think the real question is going to be how much this will be revised and how close it will be uh, with market expectations. Um, but over to you guys, what are your thoughts heading into next week's FOMC meeting and do you expect any surprises um, from, from Powell and its communications? I mean, I think that uh, we still have one data point between now and then that is that that may be important, which is the inflation data for May coming out on Friday. And uh, first of all, the expectations for Federal Reserve action are so so high. Um, obviously, they, they're not going to be disappointed. They're going to raise by fifty basis points. But the question is, what what do they tell us about the future? Uh, I think that there's. There's perhaps a little bit of room for disappointment if the Fed doesn't sound quite as hawkish as, as the markets expect. Um, we've had inflation in the U.S. Uh, has not come down yet, but it seems to at least have stopped going up. Uh, it, it has peaked in the headline around 8, 8.2%. Uh, the core picked around 6, 6.2%. That Those are very unacceptably high numbers, but at least for the last... Three months, they haven't gone up any further. And the question is, will they start coming down uh, slowly? 
we don't know that yet. And if the if the Federal Reserve expresses any sort of or Powell expresses any sort of relief at the fact that this fact that inflation, while it hasn't come down meaningfully, is at least not going up any further, uh, we we could see uh, some correction in in expectations for Federal Reserve hikes, and that could be good for the euro. Yeah, I think that considering all of the uncertainty that we have right now, and the fact that the economic data. Uh, either, uh, depending on the numbers that we are looking at, either uh, show less improvement or are deteriorating. Um, I think that they would not want to pre-commit to hikes uh, beyond the uh, meeting in uh, in June and the next one. Uh, so um, I, I would be most interesting to see how will the market pricing react uh, to the um, third meeting in a row uh, after uh, after the after the next two. Uh, considering that right now uh, the market pricing is almost fully for the 350 basis point hikes. Uh, and I think that the third one uh, is uh, not uh, as likely maybe as the market right now expects. Uh, so there could be some room for disappointment at this meeting. Mm, and I would be also interesting, interested to see uh, how will the uh, projection makers uh, uh, react to the data that we, that we have, because there, there has been some deterioration in numbers. Uh, and uh, I think that it might uh, be uh, it might be seen in the forecast. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting meeting as always, particularly with the release of the, the updated forecasts, um, which I said tend to lead to a pretty volatile environment for markets. Um, I actually think that the Fed will probably do its best to keep a low profile ne- next week if it can and, and then limit any surprises for markets. I think we're, we're sort of getting to a stage now where, where rate decisions among the major central banks um, are, are pretty well telegraphed in advance, certainly as far as the Federal Reserve is concerned. As you said, at the time of recording, we've not had the May US inflation report. And I, I suppose a downside surprise here could could uh, lead to a slightly less hawkish assessment from the Fed next week. But but I still think they'll signal another 50 basis point hike is likely um, at July. Um, the big question is, you know, what happens beyond then? Um, I think the basic scenario would probably be for a return to smaller hikes later in the year, perhaps in the, in the fourth quarter, although with an option to do more if inflation doesn't abate. Um, whether or not that provides any support for the dollar, um, I would probably say not so much, as we said, given the, the already very elevated market pricing um, for Fed hikes. Okay, we're going to wrap things up now by briefly talking about next Thursday's Bank of England meeting, which is shaping up to be another rather important one. Um, Sterling's had a, a pretty difficult time of it in the last month or so and has trailed behind most of its major peers in the FX performance tracker, the ongoing cost of living crisis in the UK has worsened sentiment towards the pound, um, particularly given expectations that this could lead to slightly slower gro- growth during the remainder of the year. Um, we had the May PMI numbers, um, the initial estimate out last week, which were, were very disappointing, although we did get uh, an upward revision earlier this week. Um, uncertainty surrounding British politics has also far from helped the pound Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, was able to survive a, a vote of no confidence on Monday, although over 40% of his own party voted against him, uh, ensuring that his status as the party's leader is looking somewhat fragile. Uh, at the same time, communications from Bank of England members 
have on the whole been pretty dovish, um, more so than its major peers. The MPC appears concerned over a possible slowdown in growth later in the year, uh, which may potentially act to derail some of its rate hike plans. Um, I think actually of all the central banks that we've talked about today, I'm probably most uncertain about the Bank of England. I think that's a bit of a problem for both markets and the pound. We've had a bit of a lack of clarity. Investors are uh, and will be hoping for a bit more forward, clear forward guidance, at least for, from Bailey uh, and co when they meet next week. I think my view is before we, we move on to you, your guys, my view is that with the UK inflation continuing to march to fresh highs, looking likely to breach 10%. Energy prices expect to go up again in October. That more hikes will be on the way from the Bank of England. I think the MPC will have to shift its attention back towards inflation rather than necessarily priority, prioritizing growth. So if I was a betting man, I think we'll see another 25 base point hike next week and a slightly more hawkish me- message that tees up hikes at future meetings, which could provide a little bit of a support for sterling. Um, but what do you guys both think? Um, what are your expectations heading into next week's Bank of England meeting? I mean, I think that they need to start clearing out the confusion around um, what they intend to do. Uh, I think that they, they've had for the last year running, I think, very model communications to the market that has not been positive for the pound. On the one hand, yeah, there's this, this, this general impression that they're more dovish than their peers. But on the other hand, they're still, the market is still pricing... Uh, 150 basis points of hikes by year end, which is it's much more than than the euro zone, for instance, and and one of the highest out there, well, highest uh, rate of hiking in the in the G10. So uh, they have to either I expect them to either walk back a little bit that dovishness and 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 reaffirm the commitment to fighting inflation, or if they don't do that, they need to push back against market expectations. So uh, I'm I'm a little torn here. I think sterling is very cheap. It's, I think, the cheapest G10 currency by far, at current levels, both historically and, and in terms of uh, uh, recent moves. Um, but uh, I think that in order for that to catalyze into a, a move up, we need to see some clarity from the, from the Bank of England. Uh, so it's, the options are wide open, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually think it's uh, more likely that they are going to push back against the market expectations, considering the deterioration in the economic data. Because if we compare what we have seen in the Eurozone, in the US, in the UK, then clearly the economic data in the UK uh, is the worst right now. Uh, So I think they will be mindful of that. And a large chunk of the uh, inflation uh, is still uh, dependent on external situation. So uh, I, I think that um, they would be rather cautious in hiking. And uh, I think that the upcoming meeting will bring a 25 basis point hike uh, and uh, likely a, a dovish message. Um, I don't think necessarily that they are going to, to pause uh, the cycle. However, considering that the market expectations uh, for the next uh, two meetings uh, imply that uh, at one of them we are going to get a 50 basis point hike, uh, I think that the market may be disappointed and this would provide further room for the uh, sterling to depreciate. Although, uh, as you said, it it was quite battered recently. So perhaps this room is uh, limited because of that. (laughs) 
that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreeze website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening.